0: Welcome to The Home Hour. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. And this podcast is the Home at class you wish you'd been offered.
1: We're two moms aspiring to create gracious homes that are welcoming and functional, all while dealing with real-life schedules, budgets, and children.
0: Stick with us, and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it.
1: For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. You're listening to The Home Hour, part of the Life Listen Network. Today's episode is all about stuff other people's stuff. We're digging into the rules of hand-me-down living and talking about the added pros and cons of inherited pieces.
0: We're asking what we should keep and when it's time to give it away and taking an in-depth look at how to sort through the things left behind when a loved one passes.
1: Plus, Graham's creepily filled 35-year-old vintage mattress, while we already hate Graham's snotty future daughter-in-law, and why if you threw a party and invited everyone you knew... You would see the biggest gift would be for me and the card attached would say, thank you for being a friend. Welcome home. Welcome home, Kirsten. Welcome home, Graham. And welcome to the Home Hour, everyone. Welcome. Today we are talking about stuff and specifically other people's stuff. We're going to be digging into all things, design, decluttering, decorating, manners, everything. And we're looking at all of it through the lens, even death. And we're looking at it through the lens. It's not a sad show. Don't worry. It's not a sad show. But we're looking at it through the lens of other people's things. Casts it's off, surprisingly not a sad show. No, it's not a sad show. You, you make death fun, Graham. Um, but before we dig into that um, other people's stuff, we have a sponsor for this show. We are excited to be partnering once again with one of our all-time favorite products, Kind Bars. The Home Hour runs on
0: Kind Bars. We love Kind Bars. Thank you. And again, we would just encourage you. We're, kids are back to school. Ironically, my kids are back for the first day of school. We're recording. It's a Thursday right now. They have not been to school in weeks and weeks. So I am thinking lunch boxes again. And we have, again, enrolled in the Kind Snacks Club. And what it is is basically you just pay shipping and you're going to get to try 10 different variety bars from Kind. And all you have to do is pay shipping. And to take advantage of that deal, go to KindSnacks.com forward slash the home hour. That's KindSnacks.com forward slash the home hour. And you'll have full details. Try the snack club. Try the bars. Yeah, it's low sugar. It's non-GMO.
1: They're delicious. They're healthy. You're making a good choice when you're, when you're feeding Kind Snacks to yourself and to your family. And just to make it clear, um, you are going to get to get a ten a, a box that comes to your house um, 10 full-size kind bars and it's totally free all you pay for shipping and that's your introduction into the kind snack club Which has been a monthly subscription and basically you're getting these snacks at a discount So it's like walking into a sale but not having to go to six different stores to find a sale and you get members only bonuses So go ahead and give them check them out and thank you kind bars for your partnership Okay, so today's show other people's stuff um I think basically we're defining other people's stuff as things you didn't go to a store and buy, whether it's a hand-me-down or something you inherited or something a friend gave you when they redecorated. We're just kind of talking about the things that somehow wound up in your home. And what do you do with them now?
0: And I love that. And when I uh, when Kirsten and I were kind of noodling this topic around, I had a very I was like, we should call this Organizing your estate and getting your affairs in order—you know—and <laughs> it's and true, said, no, no matter called this, other
1: people's stuff, Graham. That's yeah. what we're talking about <laughs> today.
0: And also, it's not that. There's an estate out there. It's just, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people listen in their cars or jogging, but like next time you walk into your living room, I double too can dare you, look around and see, I mean, maybe nobody else is still living off hand-me-downs, but like how many things in the one room, the first room you laid, lay eyes on that were given to you by like your parents or a aunt that passed away or, you know, a grandmother or your grandparents, like we just get a lot of people's stuff, it seems.
1: It's totally true. And and the thing is, while that's wonderful, we're gonna talk about the pros and cons of that. Um, it's different. It makes things different when you didn't buy them. Um and you know, we talk a lot on the home hour about organizing and about decluttering. And I think from everything from capsule wardrobes to only keeping what sparks joy, minimalism is definitely hot. And I'm I'm in such a purge mode right now, Graham. I don't know if it's like the whole New Year's thing, but I have literally been almost like Craigslisting. To my family though because I'm giving them other people's stuff because I feel like I should <laughs> give it away but not to get ahead of ourselves but um it's different when it's other people's it's harder to I think maybe sometimes part with it because yeah like that's the
0: addendum right so we read all these books about like organization and minimalism minimalism and I feel like maybe people in the back of their mind are saying yeah wah, 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 that's good but the truth is is like I've got my grandma's you know side table or I've got you know my the bedroom suit that my mother it was in like every time my mother comes you know she says oh that was my bed when I was a little girl and how do you say well sucks for you I'm going to restoration hardware and like getting a new bed or whatever you know
1: wait wait, are (laughs) we talking about are we talking about the bed that I think we're talking about the horsehair bed
0: why are you making fun of my mattress? No, I'm not making fun um. of your mattress.
1: What I'm going to say is this is the perfect example of like how oh, this this is other people stuff. example. Gets tricky we,
0: because. Oh man. Okay. Can I should I in the background? <laughs> so, a, a long time ago, I believe mattresses were not made of far, far away, <laughs> far, far away mattresses. And you laugh, but this is a piece of I'm dropping some knowledge. Mattresses were made of horsehair, And my father was very, very proud that like my childhood bed when I was a little girl growing up, was made of a mattress that was made of horse hair. Now that's great. That's I know that probably is disgusting to like 50% <laughs> of the people listening. And actually it was really hard as a little girl cuz every now and then like something would like prick out and poke you and it was a little hard coarse piece of horse hair. <laughs> so was it And I would just know to like is horse hair like a comfy <laughs> thing? Oh, it's like a delightful mattress. You would never know. I mean, you could come to my home, be sleeping on a horse chair mattress, and you'd never be the wiser. Um, but, but the horses but drive, drive
1: natural causes or were they killed for their illustrious
2: hair? Don't know.
0: I don't know. But here's the deal. So I toted this. It was like my college bed. It was stored. I mean, I can't even tell you how many storage spaces this horsehair mattress. I mean, and this is probably grossing people out, right? Because a mattress has like a 10 year shelf life. And yet I'm like schlepping around animal hair for like maybe 20 odd years. Well, my father came to visit and see my house at one point, And, you know, we had set up the bed, but I had gotten a fresh mattress for my new son, you know, who moved from his crib into um, into his big boy bed. And he's now using my childhood bed. If I tell you that my father almost disowned me and was livid, he literally was like, what did you do with the mattress? Where'd the mattress go? I was like, Dad, it's molded. I can't use this anymore. Right, but, but he I was think, upset. I think the
1: important part about this horsehair mattress is he that wants to buy one, me another one. This mattress was not cut like a standard mattress. Like it wasn't like a full, a queen, a twin. So like not only like you had to have custom bedding made for this mattress.
0: Oh yeah, it was a custom the whole thing. The whole thing is a custom <laughs> like, horsehair like, bed.
1: Who has a bed that's like my own shape? Like mine's the Duke size. I mean you just
0: I would would go places. I'd be like, it's between a double and a queen. But so, but we digress to an extent. I think the point of what we wanted to talk about is, I mean, I got in trouble. Like, I actually, I felt like a little girl, like, getting a timeout because I had done something really badly with this mattress. And, like, anyone with common sense and a low level of sanitation would have clearly sided with me that it was way past its shelf life or its, um... Stable life, I should say, <laughs> but he, I got in trouble for throwing this mattress out. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is when you get stuff and you're kind of either stuck with it or you're excited about it, how, do you, how long do you keep it for? How long and do you keep it for? And I think the other thing is one day our stuff, the things that we have accumulated will become other people's stuff. And that's a really interesting way to look at your belongings, right? um, someone's going to have to deal with them.
1: Right. And then there is a third part of this show, which is the very practical element. And this may 100% not apply to you, but it will someday. Um, so Graham recently, well, we both, both of us recently lost, um, grandparents and Graham was part of going through and cleaning out, um, cleaning out her apartment and, Uh, you know, getting family heirlooms and and things that were going to be passed out to different family members and just sort of that process. And what is that like? And how do you do it? And how do you, you know, honor those memories and honor the person and honor the things they kept and not cause family fights or or any drama? So Graham's got some really useful tips because she really turned it into a science.
0: So I actually I have to give myself a pat on the back. I think it really worked out well. I think it was a very fair approach a very honest approach but you know you have people's feelings get caught up in stuff and things they do. and so they do okay but so I thought I you had you, some really
1: I have a best practices that I think we all should do because I didn't do it I got a coffee table that was a hand-me-down and then I got a new coffee table because I'd wanted this coffee table forever and I got it on one king's lane and I waited till cyber Monday and I got it 50% off and it was so wonderful but um when I, w- when I knew the coffee table was coming, I, said, I sent out an email to our whole family and I said, does anyone want this coffee table? And right after I did that, I thought, wait, that's not what I should have done because I should have gone back to the person who gave it to me first. And it turned out no one cared. Everyone was fine with it. But I just thought, I think that's a best practices. If you're going to give away something that someone gave you, I think you should always ask them first if they would like it back.
0: Hmm. Well, what if that person's not no longer living?
1: Well, if they're, they're the person's no longer living, then I would give it to other. I would offer it up to other family members first. Okay, I, I think, think the rule. Totally so, fair. let's say someone gives you a coffee table, you no longer need it. I think you say, "Would you like this, or is there someone else you would like to give it to?" Because maybe they have another person who they know, and they'd rather do that. I think that you always offer it back to that person.
2: I do think that's, that's crazy. Nice way to do it.
0: No, I think that's nice. And I think also, do you think that's maybe the reason we have children is just so we can, like, divest all of our older stuff and buy fresher stuff someday? Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. Right. Like, the day that they go off to college, think about it. Or get their own first apartment. You could just unload so much of your stuff on them. Right. Like, I get excited. I honestly got excited just thinking about it. The stuff that I don't have the guts to, like, dispose
2: of.
1: I love that you just said you don't have the guts. Because let's let's get into that a little bit. Is it, is it because you're scared your dad's going to get mad at you, like the horsehair situation? Or is it because, because for me, I think it's, I think it's, I knew that was a huge blessing to me to receive that. And so I don't want to deny anyone else that. But I realize that's a totally false thinking because maybe someone needs it right now. Like as opposed to holding onto a headboard that's sitting in my garage in case my daughter needs it for her first apartment, my daughter's five, um, right. maybe right. there's someone who needs it right now. And maybe that's how I need to look at it.
0: OK, so I'll draw an analogy. And this comes into my life all the time. I feel like we're, we'll be out at some place. Let's say we're at a parade and someone comes by and they hand my children like two little American flags to wave or something like that. I mean, maybe nobody else struggles with this kind of thing. But to me, you don't put an American flag in the trash can. Right. But I accumulate a lot of stuff like that all the time. I mean, that's not a valuable piece, but I get something like that and I feel badly about it. So. It's something that I wouldn't throw in the trash can, but I kind of want out of my house because like we have a- enough flags or we have enough of whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I don't I, what I do is I just box it up and give it to Goodwill and I kind of let them do the dirty work.
1: Oh, Goodwill does all my dirty work for sure. For sure. I Things that I'm like, eh, this is probably just trash. But I think there's some sort of environmental reason I shouldn't get rid of it.
0: Yeah. Like, it's actually we owe Goodwill a huge debt of gratitude because I bet a lot of people listening out there, we let Goodwill do a lot of our dirty work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. And, you know, there's like the whole <laughs> anti-Goodwill thing. Why? Because well, some people don't What's like it because it's, it's like a business. And it's, like, not oh, as good I a think, charity, supposedly. But, like, I, I haven't done enough research to say either way. I'll just throw that out on a podcast. Doing no research.
0: <laughs> Goodwill is a generic catch-all to me, to mean any kind okay, of like good, good, thrift good, store, secondhand, like, charitable, like, hey, please come. I mean, I'm, we don't even use Goodwill here. We use different organizations. Goodwill but is the Kleenex that, of tissues? Me, it's, it's Kleenex of, like, get it out of my house right. and give me a tax deduction. <laughs> For all the American flags, I've just stuck in a cardboard box. That's horrible. We're going to jail, Kirsten. Podcast jail. Okay.
1: The second thing about other people's stuff is sometimes by having other people's stuff, it prevents you from getting the stuff you really wanted because you already have something, right? And it's like, I never in a million years would have bought this, but I have it. Like, you know, the coffee table that did not fit in the space and was way too large and was the wrong color and everything, but I had it. And because I had it, I didn't get what I wanted.
0: Right, or I have this wood piece that is in my, um, is kind of in our den, and it's a very farmhouse looking. And there's nothing farmhousey about the den. But because it's a nice piece, and it's a special piece, and it's an old piece, and I'm clearly not supposed to get rid of it, it's forced my den to be more farmhousey.
1: Right, and you start, and the thing is, we all probably would love to redecorate our entire houses, you know get new brand I mean it's just not realistic right these things cost a lot of money which is why we pass them on and hand them down and Mm -hmm. keep them for so long so I understand like well a coffee table I don't like is better than no coffee table Mm -hmm. but I think the problem is what you just said is then I start decorating around the thing I never would have picked you know
0: yeah it happens to me all the time
1: okay so this leads me to my next question how do you feel about reupholstering other
0: people's stuff oh I think that's like the most genius thing you could ever do repurposing something.
1: Right. Well, I'm talking specifically about reupholstering because I think that fabric is one of those things that's so personal and it also makes it look, you know, new and fresh. Anyhow, long story short, that's where I am with about half the things that are other people's stuff in my house is I'm wondering, do I save them and eventually reupholster them or do I just get new stuff?
0: Okay, I'm breaking out like the fact that we are listed in the design category of podcasts. I could talk about this for ages and I won't because it's going to bore you. But a thousand times over, you reupholster the heck out of that baby. My thought is, is if something is coming into your home, it is there for like, the sentimental memory, but it's also there for the good bones, right? Because today things are made out of particle board, whatever. I mean, a lot of like the sofas and the end tables were made out of that nice solid wood that you now have in your home. So you've got like a really good piece, but I say, this is my own theory on it. It's like game on how you want to use it. If it's come to your home and someone's given it to you, if you want to paint it purple and put like, you know, pin studs on it, whatever it is, you go to town and make it the way you like it. Okay. I like that. Um, I think the biggest no thing question. though to remember
1: is before you do anything to a furniture piece is you should really know, be very clear about everything. Don't live in denial. Some driver denial of just yourself, like, oh, I'm just gonna accidentally paint one little piece of this giant, you know, wall storage center that's gonna take me the next seven years to paint. Like you need to know I have if you have the time. If you have the ability and if you um, are really going to like it for what it's going to eventually cost, because that's the thing that I think is really important to remember is these things, uh, they're never cut and dry, right? So you really need to analyze the piece and say, what do I really want? And if all of a sudden done, I end up spending all this money doing this or all this time doing this, would I have rather gotten something new? And so I found a great article on um, Houzz, one of my favorite websites, H-O-U-Z-Z, um, and it's by Becky Dietrich. And she talks about, and we'll link to it in the show notes, but she talks about some questions you can ask yourself and she brings up to clean, to reupholster or to replace it. And I forgot about really cleaning things, like having a piece professionally cleaned, like mm-hmm. that sometimes just, you know, mm-hmm. gives it the upgrade it needs. Um, but one of the things she talks about is, you know, the condition it's in. And I didn't think about this, but whether or not it's been in the home of a smoker. Okay. Which, you know, a lot of these things, they are. And forgive me if
0: you hear What did she say? I, just trash it?
1: Yeah, she's kind of not into the, if it's been owned by a smoker. And then she also It's like talks- if it was
0: built in a meth lab, like just <laughs> soaking it. It's, so- <laughs> it's soaked into the bones. Yeah, like, yeah. I guess what she's saying is like, <laughs> even if you strip off all the fabric and the stuffing, like it's in the wood somehow. I don't know. I'm sorry um, if anyone.
1: Yeah. um and you anyway. know what that's true can i just go off on a little side note for a second we got a new mattress this weekend we got one of those oh. tufted needle mattresses and I, there's a couple different companies doing this but they're those foam mattresses that come in a box you know what i'm talking about big mistake
0: should have been a should have been a horse here <laughs> okay but my dad true, true. let me actually, just i have you. a i have a mattress for you kirsten if you need one it's kind of an <laughs> awkward size but <laughs> why didn't you call me first <laughs> oh my gosh. okay no but this is this is Everyone
1: listening, you'll thank me for this piece of advice. It says on their website, let it air out two to three hours. So we did that. We opened up all the windows in our bedroom, turned off the lights so no bugs would come in, two to three hours. We gave it So oh, like I don't four. believe all
0: that off-gassing stuff.
1: Oh my gosh. So t- the next what? day, I, I woke up and I'm like, why, are, why am I having allergies? But I just had this killer, killer headache. Like I had to take Claritin. My husband called me. He's like, I have the worst headache. I'm like, I'm oh, no. dumb today. He's like, me too. We, we were like idiots the next day. We, had, we both had killer headaches. We both had like a brain fog. And it was because of mm-hmm. this mattress. And then we took off the mattress pad and like kind of smelled it. It literally is like sleeping on a paint can.
0: It was miserable. So That's because you're buying mattresses made of modern fabrics. As I opposed think. to horse hair.
1: Okay, well, I didn't, I didn't see. see the internet delivery of we'll horse We'll let hair this die. But. Mattress. Okay, anyhow. <laughs> It also she also talks about if you're um if the sofa or chair has spent time in a basement or a garage, because that the humidity mm, and the dampness too. could like cause humidity. mold.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so maybe yeah, that's, that's when you want to let go. Um, and then mm-hmm. she also talked about if it's ever been somewhere where super gross, but bed bugs, you know, mm. the bed bugs
0: gotta go. But how do you know? I mean, you sometimes you don't. know. I don't know. Let's I don't know. A bad case. It just sounded like, like very good that. information. No, those are those are very good points. I you know, honestly, because I shop a lot of like thrifts like sales and antique sales and stuff. So I'm continually looking in people's homes and I I mean, and who knows, that's the thing. They could totally bring this stuff upstairs. But I, I do buy like upholstery pieces at, you know, these kind of estate sales that I go to. And um I won't buy it if it's the basement. If
2: what? If it's you been just, a basement? you get a time. sense. Mm-hmm. I won't buy
0: it if it's like stored in the basement. Although who knows, they probably have had it in the basement and brought it right upstairs, but um But for the
1: most part, and then I think the other thing is if you don't love it and you don't have a sentimental attachment to it, but you think like, well, it's just cheaper to have this and reupholster it like no way to get a good fabric and to have it reupholstered. Oftentimes you're going to wind up with something. I mean, obviously, if you love it, it's probably going to be better quality than something you would have bought new. Right. But, you Mm -hmm. know, knowing that really this is it's not a money saving thing. It's a it's a because it works thing. Right. Because if you're trying to do it to save money, you probably won't. So so if that's mm-hmm. your reasoning for reupholstering and repurposing, mm-hmm. it's probably not your best reason because you're probably really not going to save money. Right. Especially if so, you pick yeah. a
0: fabric you like, you know. Okay, Grandma. Well, gram. I recently, yeah. So basically, I had a project come up where my grandmother has passed away recently and She just was an elegant, wonderful woman and was not a hoarder by any way, shape or form. Lived in an apartment. It was an uncluttered apartment. And I mean, it wasn't minimalist, but it was just a house. It was probably like most of the people listening. It was just, I mean, not a house house. It was an apartment, but it was a two bedroom apartment. It was a home, right? It was a home and it was her home, but there was nothing gross about it. It wasn't cluttered. It was not an old person's apartment. It was it was a lovely space. But I think. And this is something we need to talk about is there's two elements to this is we have all this stuff in our homes and it gets left behind when you pass away. Right. And eventually and you could say your children can go through it. But we're talking like wastebaskets, the clothing, you know, the uh, the little stuff in your kitchen drawers, all of that. Someone's going to be sorting through someday. And I recently. Had the opportunity to kind of go through that as far as helping divide it, not for me but um, for my for my father and for his siblings and I think I have some really good pointers to do that and if anyone's thinking about it and again, um, our listeners, we know that you are typically parents of young children, and this is probably the furthest thing from your mind. you're probably looking at your toy room right now while you're looking to this being like, I'm not going to leave a tickle Elmo doll. I'm not going to photograph that I'm not going to put it on a spreadsheet, but there's a lot of stuff in your house that You could. And I think it could actually. So basically what I did was I went to New York and I helped photograph everything that was in the apartment and disperse what could easily be dispersed. Get rid of what was like a clear no brainer to get rid of, but then also document it such that people could um, choose what they wanted. Um, Okay, so I'm going to I'm
1: going to ask you questions about this process, because I know you you took this to a a really professional level uh, without a professional company. But, um, mm-hmm. so I want to ask you about this. So I'm going to do a little bit of like interviewing with you. Okay. So how old was your grandmother? She was a grandmother. So she, she was 90, her,
0: 91, 91.
1: And, mm-hmm. and this was her, this was sort of her downsize home. So what had happened? Mm-hmm, she had right. lived in a house and then moved to the apartment.
0: Right. So she had done a beautiful job. She had lived in a you know, large home on Long Island. It was like a six bedroom house um, with my grandfather. And then they decided to, um, you know, just downsize and kind of move to their apartment in the city. And they did a really good job. I mean, during that transition of their life, they got rid of I mean, you can imagine how much stuff they got rid of. And they dispersed that while they were living. And that's really fun and easy to do. And, and I so, feel like yeah, that's they a pretty up-
1: common thing for people is to kind of do an initial cast off when people move into smaller homes.
0: Right. Well, and that's the other thing. I don't want people listening, hopefully, to say, like, this is not germane to my life because I would say this is something, I mean, heaven forbid, for insurance purposes that you should be doing right now anyway. And I think if you want to take, like, the scariness of, oh, my gosh, someday people are going to be going through my stuff, this is a really good thing to document. And it's so easy with smartphones right now to just, like, take a room at a time and take a picture of everything in the room.
1: Can I just tell you, I saw the funniest meme, and it was like an estate plan. It just said, in the event of my death, delete my Google search history. Oh, (laughs) delete my Google search history? Yes, like what I've been searching on Google. (laughs) I'm more worried about, like, people just going through my stuff and being like, oh, why did you save that? it's going to be embarrassing.
0: You all yeah, you do worry about that. Although I have to say again, so classy. I did not even find a single embarrassing thing in this apartment cuz like you brace yourself. Everybody has has a someplace, you know, like you've got to have at least one something you just don't want anyone to know about. Um but no, didn't didn't find anything. Okay. I was waiting for so, it. So,
1: also the other thing that you should point out about your grandmother is this was not like she had one child. She had a lot of children.
0: Mm-hmm. right. There are four children and um they so basically what I would say to do, and this could be for your house or if unfortunately you're stuck in the state of having to do this for a loved one, it could be anyone. Um, hopefully before someone's died, they've at least allocated some of their things, right? So you, th- you can like go through the rooms and you could say, well, I want this person to have my bed. I want this person to have, you know, my sofa, whatever it is. I want this, you know, go through the jewelry, what, whatever it might be. Put that on Excel spreadsheet and list out who you want to have certain things. and. Then you'll realize just how many things are not left on the list, right? Like the, and maybe, and maybe some of it's garbage, like the waste paper baskets in the guest bathroom. Or, I, I mean, it sounds crazy, but like the plungers in the restroom. I mean, obviously you're giving those away or throwing those out, but there's just so much stuff. And then what you should do is take all of those unallocated items that need to be listed and list them out on a big spreadsheet. Um, and Wait, what, so you listed what,
1: uh, out, like, toilet plungers?
0: No, not toilet plungers. Like, those those what The things bye-bye. that you just were going to
1: give to the Kleenex version of Goodwill, you just did. Like, right. nobody cares. Well,
0: but th- things like, so in this, in this instance, let's say, I mean, I think this is, I think what I, why I think this is a valuable episode is that I think what happens is most people go through their home and they know what's important to them and they know what's valuable to them. And they typically list it out. For someone in their family to have, right? But it's still that's really only about twenty percent of what you have. Okay. And can then, I ask um, an etiquette
1: question? I don't know if you know the answer to this, but, okay. um, but I have I have a relative who is elderly, and she's asked me before about about what I want. And on one hand, it's 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 weird because it's very thoughtful and sweet that she wants to give me
0: stuff. Mm-hmm. But like
1: on the other, I think hand, a lot like, of
0: us get that question. I, I bet a lot of people. You know what
1: I mean? I don't know what to that. say. I'm like, definitely. She's like, Would you would you want that mirror? Would that fit in your house? And I'm like, Yeah, but I want you. You know, I I'm like let's not and part of me just wants to be like, let's not even talk about it. You know, because
0: I don't want to I say you talk about it. I say you totally say, Yeah, I want that mirror. And I think it's a huge gift to the Aunt person. And
1: Bonnie, if you're listening, oh. I want that mirror.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like Aunt Bonnie. I met her before. Yeah. Take the mirror, Kirsten. I mean, really, I get I mean, I feel like I get asked that question by a lot of people all the time. And I'm always like, yeah, I want this. I want this. You know, maybe eh, you can give that to someone else. I think she might enjoy it a little more. That kind of thing. Um, but I think it's helpful to the person who is trying to it, you're helping that person. You're doing them a big favor by telling them what you would be interested in.
1: Right. But it like it sometimes it makes you sad to even think like, oh, people don't live forever. And like, you know, I don't want that. Of to course. Of course. You know, so it's, course, it's hard but, too, as know. much as you're, you know. Yeah, but the rubber meets the road. You, it's it's a, it's an interesting way to I don't know. It's a tough one. But go ahead. OK, back it back is, to business. Totally Graham's sorting through everything. She's got her. She's got her. So basically out.
0: you sport. You sort through everything. And then what you do is basically you just go room by room and put everything that has not been allocated onto a spreadsheet basically list it i mean like little think about the trinkets right that's really what i'm talking about the things that aren't taken care of the rugs i mean uh, the side tables you know just the random side tables the little pieces of art that maybe aren't more meaningful they're just the picture frames i mean all of those things the books um you know some a lot of times you know it doesn't have to be an individual picture of everything what we kind of tried to do was make little lots of things so you know i guess everyone kind of has that drawer in their kitchen you know where you've got the meat thermometer and the you know the whatever turkey baster whatever it is that kind of drawer you know put four or five of those things together and take one snapshot and allocate it to someone put someone's name by it or put it on a spreadsheet and make it like you can choose those things so basically what we did was we labeled everything thing with just like a post-it a tiny post-it note and a sharpie and added it to the spreadsheet and then took a picture of it and so basically what you have at the end of this project is you have one long spreadsheet filled of everything all the items in the home and then you have a corresponding picture to it right so if number four is the silver picture frame you can look at the photo you know you can look at the google like photo what do you call that the photo yeah. stream Google Photos. Google Photos. Yeah, you could look at Google Photos and you'll see, you know, a Post-it note with a Sharpie number four on it next to the silver picture frame. And so what happens is then you can send it out to all the people who are, you know, part of the picking and you let them choose what it is they want to get in order. So like you basically say, everyone, we want you to go through the list on your own time, use a Google Sheet document and pick things out, item like one through 200, just label them. Like, put your number by it. And then that way, nobody even has to get together if it's a contentious situation or if people live all across the country. And what they do is they just pick their items like one through 200. Were and there any, you uh, just,
1: without, without ratting on any of your relatives, were there any uh, items that everybody wanted?
0: You know, that's good. I have to say, I don't quite know because I'm not sure while we're recording this if like they've gotten to that point yet. But technically, if you're, a, if you have like, Four siblings, let's say, and everyone has their number as everyone should get their highest numbers for the most part. Oh, right? so like, you
1: go around like everybody gets around like a draft, like a draft of other people's stuff.
0: It's basically like a draft. Um, well, but you don't go around like in real time. What happens is like, let's say you I, let's say you and I are sisters. Shocker. Um, and we but we're not. And We. Like I say, Kirsten, you go through this spreadsheet and you label like one to a hundred what you want. And then I go through the spreadsheet and I label one to a hundred what I want. Okay, And if I am number, if I get the first draft pick, then I automatically get what I've listed as number one. And if you, but this is more like
1: sorority rush of other people's stuff, not NFL draft. Yeah,
0: basically. Well, but I mean, but it's a fair system, right? Right. So like technically, as long as you and I didn't pick the same number one, you get your number one. And then we go to my number two, right? And the only time I guess it gets confusing is if there's a tie, but there wouldn't be a tie because one person, like you're going in your order of how you chose, right? So if I'm the first pick, I'll always get my number one and my number two. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's it. I mean, it's a completely fair way to go through and make sure that everyone gets, you know, kind of what they're looking for. I like that. Yeah, it's hard. I'm telling you, this is not an easy thing to do.
1: Okay, so my um, my other question for you is, was there ever um, will you talk to me a little bit about collections and how to deal with collections?
0: that's okay so those are that's the nitty-gritty of this kind of stuff um, because you know my grandma was she was an interior designer and she collected a lot of things right and I'm a big okay so I'll just give a really tangible example she collected um like what are they called they're called twine boxes and it's just little antique boxes that you could literally put twine in I don't think it's a good thing to break up a collection if it's a good collection because typically things happen right, you would never take a set of four botanical prints and like give each person one that would be a really big mistake (laughs) I mean I'm just you know like when you wouldn't break up prints like that um you kind of devalue the collection when you if it if it has any kind of meaning I mean if it's not and everyone just wants a piece and they're just trinkets then then it's totally fine if they're not particularly valuable but I don't think it's a good idea to like say that everybody gets you know a piece of this crystal collection you okay, want, can you I want ask to keep another question
1: yep, was sure. there ever a discussion um about about whether or not really anyone needed these things and maybe if it was it would be better just to sell everything
0: ah that's a really good question about just um
1: well okay so let's talk well so, and i'll, so, I'll explain again. where that's coming from is is my grandfather collected um furniture and he uh you know, he wasn't like fancy or anything. He just had a really great eye for furniture, and would just—he was one of those mm-hmm. guys who just kind of had the the good touch of like, you would pick something, and it would at a at a garage sale, and it's like, oh yeah, by the way, that's like a very important historical piece. Like, he's like an mm-hmm. antiques roadshow, yeah.
0: right? He just got it. Yeah. He
1: just was good at it. So, um, mm-hmm. so he has some really valuable pieces of furniture. He actually collected as well. He collected bottles. He collected glass blown bottles. I mean, it's so random. Ooh. Yeah. So he's got, some, they had some really great furniture and my grandmother is is still alive. So we're so happy to have her still alive and she can still enjoy all these furniture pieces. But my grandfather passed away last year, but my mom, they had always said they had seven children and that's, that's like too many mm-hmm. people to split up these things. So they always just said they were going to do a sale and then just split the proceeds. You know, and if okay, anybody well, that's can, genius and because Well, the thing about that is like, if
0: somebody really wanted it, they could buy it mm-hmm. at the sale. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah, I think that's a very, very, I mean, I think, and you know something, it's, it's funny, that actually came up. Um, I think, you know, my dad is kind of attempting to lead the charge on dividing things fairly and equitably. And I think he did a really good job trying to take everyone into consideration. Like, it turned out that my grandfather had a large collection of pens, like nice pens. You know, he was a doctor. And so, he, you know, pens were very important. But I mean, more Dr. pens. yeah, exactly. For bad Dr. Henry, but more pens than a person could use. And so what they did was, I guess they all agreed that they would, you know, sell them in the market and just split the proceeds. So, yeah, I, mean, I think that comes up. I'm telling you, these things come up all the time and we think it's unique. Um, like, oh, this is just something happening in my family. It's not like these things are lockstep. Like you're talking about the glass blown pieces. For us, it were, was the pens, you know, or just people collect stuff or people have certain likes and they seem to allocate like, you know, they seem to amass more than one item. And then it becomes like a considerable collection.
1: Right. So now let's think about how we're going to react when other people, when our stuff becomes other people's stuff. Like, do you care if people save your
0: stuff? Well, you know, okay. It's so funny, because you have a girl in your family, and I know this is so weird, but I obviously am the mother of two boys, and I see kind of how they just you know they're kind of like i mean they they like stuff to be nice, but they don't care about it as much. I think about it now in the hands of my you know hypothetical imaginary daughter in laws someday like that's oh, the interesting and that makes you thing happy? And I, uh no, that makes me actually <laughs> filled with fear. <laughs> 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 I don't know who these girls are. Like, I don't know if they'll that be good hussy? to my boys. I don't I mean, want her having my yeah, china. I, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just maybe it's like increasing my will to live. <laughs> like,
1: this is really funny because you have a wonderful relationship with your mother-in-law. So I don't know why you assume you're not going
0: like your you to like your daughter-in-law. I know, but she has like a china. A sweet, wonderful, kind, open heart. And, you know, she would just, like, give me anything. And I just am thinking, I don't know, ladies. Like, I've got to meet the girl. I've got to see how you care for my stuff. I'm going to be a terrible mother-in-law. My children are doomed. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Maybe (laughs) maybe I'll just, like, give my stuff to a museum, although nothing's really nice enough to go to a museum. (laughs) Maybe I'll just put it somewhere. That's horrible. That's making me sound really bad. Um, Leave it in the alley behind
1: the museum rather than give it to that mean daughter-in-law of yours i hate her <laughs> you know who you could give it to who? me i think the best friend gets left out i haven't heard any that's talk of like really a true. number i didn't get you're a great. number for grandma mari's distribution i'd and like some things
0: you. yeah that's a really good point you're right things to your friends but at that's at that point you'll be dead before me so we don't that's really true. have to worry about that's it that's
1: true and also we also have a plan everyone just so you know and we're I think we're open to taking in some new roommates. Um, oh, when yeah. our husband, Oh We're taking pass, it to Miami. We're going to Miami. We're Golden Girls. It's going to be the up, best so... podcast. The, the audio will
0: improve because we'll be in the same house. Like, you have so much to look forward to. Oh, you guys,
1: just wait till we're in the same house to podcast. It's going to be amazing. Come and you live from Miami. <laughs> um, okay, well, I think we have done a good job addressing other people's stuff. How I
0: have, you? but if anyone has any questions, please do email us because... Um, we, there's so much we didn't cover. Um, hello at the We love to hear from you. And if you have gone through it or are thinking about getting organized, we could talk on this for days. So hopefully we just kind of whet your appetite for some of this.
1: Absolutely. And we learn, I mean, as we always say, we learn more from our listeners than, uh, than y'all maybe even learn from us because we just get to hear from everybody. And on that note, we actually have, um, I wanted to share our episode a couple of weeks ago about time management. I received a great tip from a listener and she recommended the book. Um, It was called 168 Hours. This was from Heather Stevenson. She recommended the book 168 Hours by Laura Vanderkam. And she said it's all about auditing your time and choosing what you want to fill your time with. So um, if anyone was intrigued by our idea about auditing uh, your time, go ahead and check out that book. So thanks, listeners, for these great tips. Keep them coming. Um. And speaking of listeners and their great tips, we have a survey that we've been asking y'all to fill out. It's on our website, homehour.com We're gonna be posting links to it in Instagram, but it's a fun kind of quiz survey. So many of you have filled it out already. We love hearing from you. It was yeah, thank you. Um, you got, Those thank were you the so nicest much.
0: responses. We Nicer really responses appreciate responses and really everyone. helpful
1: as to how we plan our shows. So we love that. Certainly. And yeah. and last but not least since we've been talking about other people's stuffs, we have we're going to go into another person's home it is our final wrap up retrospective segment with our real life remodeler jen brigham she's going to be telling us what life is like at the brigham house which is now their house they've moved in so we're gonna um, end with a little update from jen our final update on how their remodel went welcome jen Okay, we're back and we're here for our final segment with Jen Brigham. It's like, I almost did like fake crying, but it's happy because
2: it means that Jen is in our house. Yes, it's bittersweet that I can't come and speak with you guys often. But that doesn't mean we can't do that later on. (laughs) The journey of home renovation
0: is never complete, Jen. So you have an open invitation on the home out.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Maybe I'll pop in every once in a while and tell you the latest and greatest. Okay, but so let's get
1: down to business. Jen you're, you're you're not done, as we're pointing out. There's always stuff to do, and I know you guys still have some landscaping and stuff like that, but you guys are in the house. You were in. You were in for Christmas.
2: Yes, we are in, and we moved in December 10th. We hosted 55 people Christmas Eve, and then New Year's Eve until January 8th, we had family in at, at our house. We had house guests for eight nights.
1: So you're officially living there. Okay, so let's do a retrospective. Jen, now that this remodel is over, what are your what are your thoughts? Let's let's go
2: through this. Well, my thoughts, as you said, you're done, and I think that's a funny thing to say because I'm not sure if you're ever done. And there are things that you want to do after that you don't want to do prior to. For example, we need several rugs, we need some art. We need some lamps, but until you really get into the space and understand how everything's going to lay out, the couch that we ordered October 15th came 12 weeks later. We just got it on Saturday. So all that kind of stuff. And you have these beautiful, pretty walls and you, you, you like agonize on where to put the picture. Cause you're like, if I put this picture up, I'm going to create a hole. And if I don't like that hole. My wall's not going to be pretty anymore. So I so know I think about that all the time. Did you budget in for decor and interiors as well? Uh, it's funny. So Kirsten was like, she was asking me, did you go, did you stay on budget? And I honestly have to tell everybody full disclosure. I stopped looking at the budget after a while because I didn't want to make myself sick. Like, I, I mean, it wasn't super crazy, but we just got to a point where we were like, we need to do the right thing. So whatever the right thing is, is what we're going to spend the money on. And, and throughout the whole process, I've mentioned this in the past, but what was your budget? And my budget was, if I have a line item and doors and windows are X amount, if I can get them for less, then that's what my budget is. I'm not going to work towards a budget item line that's, that's just a number. Because if you can get it for less, great. If it's something that needed to be have more money spent on it, then yes, we would do that because it was the right thing to do. So it's kind of an interesting like.
0: Right. But I'm assuming that most people have a line they can get from the bank and like you basically have to cap it off at some point. Yeah. So. But then
2: but yeah, you get a line from the bank. But then it's like if you, you know, my husband's 100 percent commission and it's like depending on what's happening in our environment, you know, you you mm-hmm. realize what you want to spend money on. So overall, yes, we, we stayed pretty much on budget, but again, we still have more things to do and it'll come over time.
1: And sometimes it shifts everything too. And it's like, let's do this right. And let's just not even touch that laundry that we thought we'd. Yeah. Do. Because
2: I would always say, I mean, we're personally, we're very conservative. So, we probably had the option, if we wanted to, we could have spent much more than we did, but we were always mindful of the fact that this is always going to be probably more than what you anticipated, so just having some sort of cushion in the back. I will tell you, for a long time, it's, my husband always joked and said, we feel, he feel, well, not joked, but we were hemorrhaging money. It was like this check, this check, a funny joke, (laughs) not a funny joke. And everyone's like, don't worry about it. In six months, you won't even remember. And I'm like, "Uh, I hope that's right. But uh, then I then I took a step back and I'm like, "Okay, we we bought a new roof. We bought new plumbing. We bought a new electrical. We we bought new air conditioning units. These are not items you spend every year. So right. You're just doing it all at once. Yeah. So it was was just like I want to breathe a little. And so are we tight? Like, can I finish our house the way I want to? It's going to take some time financially, but um, it, it all turned out well. And, and now we're in the middle of landscaping, but we have, it's a large yard. So we have to go in phases. And it's funny, our landscaper, I was just joking about this morning with uh, Andrew, my husband, and said, you know, Florentino said he was going to be here all week. He's like, but I'm kind of glad he hasn't because the quicker he moves, the quicker we have to give him a check. So if he's <laughs> delayed a little bit, it's okay, you know. Other than the fact that we have a dirt lawn right now, but you know, so things like that. It's just transitioning into another conclusion. Is um are you glad? Were you ready? You know, it's kind of I would equate it to having a baby. Everyone can say, well, I want to move. Forward in my career, or I want to make more money, or I want to have this safe. And at some point, you got to have somewhat your ducks in a row and understand that this is the right thing for you, but you're never really going to be ready. And until you jump in, there's going to be so many things that come along that you may have never thought of, or surprises or whatever. So you just kind of have to move on and and be confident in your ability to, to succeed and complete the remodel.
0: I like it. So you're saying bite the bullet and just go for it. Cause well, yeah. we are I mean, in our family. You have to have an
2: exit strategy.
1: Wait, wait, wait. She's saying bite the bullet, but this is a woman who sat for five years and had like six, six years and had, you know, bathrooms that didn't have like a sink working water. I mean, okay. so you were very patient. So okay. now that you're done, you're like, yeah, just do it. Just jump. Uh, but, but what I mean Close is like jump. six years later after we strategize. Okay.
2: Okay. Fair enough. But I will say like, you have to have your ducks in a row. You need to understand like my whole, <laughs> big piece of advice is having an exit strategy. Like what is the worst thing that can happen? And if you can figure out how to maneuver the worst thing, then you're going to be okay. And
1: by exit strategy, what you mean, I know you well enough that I can, I can translate for Jen. What she's saying is like, if tomorrow we all got illnesses and, um, lost all of our jobs and didn't realize we forgot to pay taxes for four years. <laughs> right, um, right, right, right. Like, could I sell this house and come out okay? That's what you mean by yes, your You're yes. Like, could I sell this house and not be in over exactly?
2: Like, could we sell this house and buy something else? Yes. And I one more thing. I know I'm talking a lot, but we have our patio home. So the one that we moved into that was a rental, and we still have that on the books. So that's our next step. In the next week or two, we're going to get that ready to be put on the market. And once mm. we get that off of our books, I mean, celebration, that will be great to have that off and have one home. I hear you,
0: Jen. Hey, will you do us a favor? I want to see how the Beehive fireplace turned out. I want to see a few interior shots. Will you send some so we can put them up on our show notes? How did this
1: compare to the time that they told you this would take?
2: Uh, awesome. Really? Yes, exactly. So he told us about six months we moved out a week before memorial day so what's that and then we moved in december 10th so june july august september october november so little uh, around six months and i actually told him that we needed to be in by december 5th knowing that we actually didn't need to be in by that time but i was very adamant i i did a lot of like i don't want to say pushing but um prodding people along. Like I would reach out and say, what can I do today to help move this process forward? I don't want to be the delay or reaching out to so-and-so. You said you were going to do X and it didn't happen. Now working with- You cons- were very hands-on. Well, only in the sense of what, what I could be on hands-on, just making sure like I did have to order certain things. I did have to do certain things. So I wanted to make sure that I wasn't the cause for the delay.
1: All in all, Jen, are you glad you did it? Are you happy? Is there something you regret? Is there something you would do differently?
2: No, I am happy. I wake up and, uh, and look at my house and I take a shower and I'm like, everything works. This is amazing. And then two nights ago, it rained in Arizona for the first time in a while. And my husband came over to me and gave me a big hug. And he goes, Jen, isn't it so exciting that we have no roof leaks? There's no water that's going to come into our house. And I was like, yes, <laughs> it's the little things, really
0: totally it is i agree
2: well congratulations jen we
1: have loved following along with you and we will post pictures of the before and after way do you guys see the transformation they did such a nice job and uh, and they were patient and waited years and years to do this and really i think they just built a beautiful home so congratulations to you and your family i hope you guys love living
2: there thank you bye guys talk to you soon bye jen